it's hard to transition, but I think in order for you to get ahead, in order for you to grow your business, it needs to happen. And most business owners understand that. So I think how you introduce someone when you have such a deep relationship is different than a new client. So I always say, take it slow and introduce the client account manager slowly, bring them on the meetings, CC them into the emails and start to give them authority. This is Superfast Business with James Schramko. James Schramko. Helping you build your business super fast. James Schramko here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 851. Today, we're going to be talking about how to have absolutely incredible, outstanding client service. And for that, I've brought along my expert guest friend, Taylor McMaster. Welcome to the call. Thank you so much for having me. I became aware of you through our mutual friend, Tom Breeze. He's been a student of mine, a, a friend, someone who is working at the top levels of the industry. He's been on this podcast before, and he said, you should have a chat to Taylor. She really knows about this customer service stuff, and it's a problem that most agencies have. Now, a lot of people listen to Superfast Business are either in the information marketing expert slash coaching space or they're an agency. That's a very common scenario. Lots of agencies I'm talking, design, Facebook, AdWords, YouTube, SEO, the list goes on, audio, video, et cetera. You know plenty of my clients and partners and friends as well. We have a pretty tight circle. But I wanted to ask you a few questions today that might really help someone who's listening to this who has an agency to get a handle on what sort of things we might expect from our customer service agents probably the operator is doing it themselves like you used to do in the beginning. I think your sort of founding story is that you had an agency and you were looking after clients and then you, in speaking with other agencies, recognized that most people are struggling with this, which wasn't the case for you. And you're like, wow, I think this is really a a needed service. So you went out and founded Dot and Company. And I've had the pleasure of working with you for a little while. So I've I got to see what you're doing at a super high professional level and you are amazing. So I'm so excited to have you on here talking about this today. Yeah, I'm excited. And yeah, like you said, I didn't get my start jumping into client management. It was kind of this road that led me to here based on strengths and what I actually enjoy doing day over day. And again, also helping agency owners who don't love to talk to clients, don't love to project manage. And they should be outside of the day-to-day of their agency or their business. So it just kind of organically happened, but it just feels like I'm in the exact place that I want to be. So it's really fun and we get to work with some really awesome clients. So, Well, definitely shines through. There's a couple of things I've observed just from being around you. You're really passionate about this. And I suspect a lot of agency owners are not passionate about dealing with the customer. I often hear phrases like, You know, it would be a great business except for the customers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is obviously you can't have the business without the customers. Mm -hmm. If you go back to Peter Drucker, who was a fantastic thought leader, he said the purpose of a business is to generate and keep a customer or something to that effect. So that being the case, you need customers, but you don't need to talk to them yourself. So you can actually have a client account manager. That's sort of the key phrase you work around. Mm -hmm. And you've abbreviated that to CAM. So if we talk about CAM, if Taylor mentions CAM in this, (laughs) she's not talking about the part in an engine that lifts the valves up and down when the pistons rotate to cause that combustion thing that drives your car. She's talking about a client account manager. 
So first off, why don't we talk about the onboarding experience that happens in a typical agency? Because I think that's something that affects every agency owner, even brand new ones. I've got a few people who I've been helping start out agencies, even though that's not my absolute passion, (laughs) uh, but it's been a necessity because I've generated a few partners who look after other clients and I needed to start them as an agency. And before long, they get a customer and that customer has to be onboarded. So maybe we talk about what does onboarding mean and how would you perfect that experience, whether you're the agency owner doing this yourself, like a solopreneur, or whether you have CAMs in place and you want to brief them on the best protocols. Yeah. So onboarding, I think, is my favorite thing to talk about because it's that beginning of the relationship. So for most agencies, either you or your sales team is on the phone with these prospective clients and you're selling them the world. You're telling them how awesome your agency is and how your team is going to help them. But the next step is that onboarding phase when you or your sales team passes it over to someone on your team to give them the experience that they actually are anticipating. So for me, that perfection of the client onboarding experience is so important. It's like when you walk into a store, it's your first look and feel. So for me and how I train my team at Dot & Company is to have an onboarding process that is inside of the agency and that's unique to the agency. So if you're an e-com agency and you're onboarding five clients a month, you should have a general onboarding flow for how you're going to bring these clients into the business. So I think it's really important, even just at the very beginning of this onboarding process, is to make that handover really smooth. So I know for a lot of agency owners, they have a client account manager or a project manager who takes over the client onboarding to ensure that everything goes smoothly. So making sure that handover is really easy. So inside of our onboarding processes, we have things like email templates and kickoff call scripts and all the processes that you should have down to how to create the briefing documents, what emails to send, how to get them scheduled into the happiness surveys that we'll probably talk to later in this podcast. But I think that onboarding process should be super streamlined and repeatable because if your goal is to scale and your goal is to be consistently bringing on new clients, the better your process is, the easier it's going to be. So what we do is when we onboard a new agency, we have onboarding processes at DOT that we would implement into the agency. But again, that's going to be customized. That's going to change based on what your service offerings are or who your clients are, what your team looks like. And I think it just gives the client that first few days, that experience that they need to really set the relationship on a good foot. One of the things that comes up with agency owners is if they're small, the customer wants to deal with the founder. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that in the onboarding situation? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think it all starts with the sales process. So if it's you, the founder on the sales calls, you need to be talking up your team throughout that whole process. You need to be telling them that the next step is once you sign this agreement, I'm going to introduce you to Taylor. She's going to make sure that your project runs smoothly and I'm not bogging anything down. I'm here if she has questions, but she's going to be your main point of contact moving forward. So you need to set those expectations in the sales process. Now, if you're a solopreneur who you do it all, then of course you're going to be telling them that I'm going to be taking care of you throughout this whole journey and I'm your go-to person. But I know for a lot of agency owners, they want to look professional and they don't want to be in the client experience every day. So most times agency owners really want to get to a point where they can outsource that piece. But I know 
in that sales process, I think it's crucial that you are setting those expectations from the get-go so that they know what to expect and who they're going to be speaking to. And don't even give them a door to come back and be asking you day-to-day questions because that's not the goal. I've got someone at the moment who's just hiring a team member and his intention is to introduce that team member to the client and to give him a little bit of space to look after you know, a flurry of new clients that he's taking on. What advice would you have for him? So do you mean he will give over the current clients and then take on new clients? Exactly. He's got a current client. They've been dealing with him. He's the primary contact, a very small agency. He needs support to grow. Mm. And now he's going to have to introduce that person to the client and change the dynamic of the relationship. Yeah. So this comes up a lot. A lot of agency owners come to us with clients that they've had for five years or 10 years, and they have these relationships that are so deep. And I still have those. I have clients that I've worked with for years and I feel you, it's hard to transition, but I think in order for you to get ahead, in order for you to grow your business, it needs to happen. And most business owners understand that. So I think how you introduce someone when you have such a deep relationship is different than a new client. So I always say, take it slow and introduce the client account manager slowly, bring them on the meetings, CC them into the emails and start to give them authority. So maybe they're in an email thread and you can say, oh, that's a question for Taylor. I've copied her in here. And start to give your client account manager the tools to make themselves look good and make them look like the person who knows what's going on. So eventually over time, sometimes it's a few weeks, sometimes it's a few months, that client will start to say, oh, I can get quicker answers from my client account manager. I can just go right to her or him. And of course, it's going to be a slower transition, but we see it all the time and it does work if you do it properly and professionally and making sure the clients feel still taken care of. And would you say that you need permission from the client or that you just explain this as how it's going to be and slowly introduce it as a more authoritative position? Because I'm sure you can take a different angle on this. Yeah, I would say definitely more authoritative and in the sense where it's, this is what's happening. I thought you might say that. Yeah. Because if you ask permission, they're going to say, no, I only want to talk to you. Exactly right. This happened to me when I was a salesperson and I moved to sales manager. All of my clients, I had a huge repeat referral base. They wanted to deal with me. And I had to do some of the things you're talking about. I had to explain how such and such is going to take them for their test drive now and then fill out some paperwork with them and that I'll be over to check in on them later and, and do that handover. Yeah. Also, I think a very basic thing is make sure your client account manager is responding faster than you so that Mm -hmm. they reward the customer with a faster response. The customer will automatically go to them in the future. That's a great tip. Exactly. So let's talk about some of the standard operating procedures that we might use if we've decided, hey, we might want to get a client account manager. We're at that threshold where we're on the precipice. We think we can get more customers. We're ready to go. And I'm sure we have a few paths here, right? Let's state at the outset. You could try and do this yourself and hire a client account manager and figure it out. Or you could uh, get in touch with Taylor (laughs) and head over to Dot & Co and talk to them about installing someone for you. Because I believe that's what you do as a service on one side, right? And then on the other side, if someone has client account managers, then you provide training for them inside your membership. Exactly. Yeah. So I will preface that hiring client account managers is really hard. It's very time consuming and you're basically looking for a unicorn out there that has all these traits and experience and personality and everything. So we actually have team members dedicated to this almost full time. But some of the SOPs that we have in place when we're hiring is 
I think, again, like the onboarding process, everything should be very specifically laid out. So it's everything from what is the job description? Where are you posting it? Where are people applying? Who reviews it? Who sends the acceptance or decline email? And then they do this and then they do that. So I think it's really important to have an SOP for hiring based on just this client account manager, because if you're hiring a media buyer, that looks very different than hiring someone to manage your clients. So the things that we look for in our SOPs are experience. So have you worked in an agency? Have you worked with clients? Do you understand digital marketing? Do you understand strategy of marketing? Can you speak to the KPIs? That kind of overall experience. So that's one thing. Next is personality, which is probably the hardest thing to hire for, as we all know. And that can be showing up in things like Loom videos. So we get people to send Loom videos in the hiring process. We get them to get on coffee chats with a couple of our team members. We get interviews. They have all these different ways of showing their personality, whether it's verbal, video, written, all these components that you should be testing for throughout your hiring process. And then, of course, having step-by-step -step for the person you're hiring. So showing them, you know, okay, next step is going to be this. And then if you progress, you go to this step and this step and this step. And if it's laid out, it makes everything way more streamlined. But, you know, hiring client account managers, like I said, is hard and it takes a long time. And you can even get to, you know, the end of your hiring process and you say, listen, this person isn't going to be a good fit for my agency. And that happens a lot. And you just have to be very patient. You have to dedicate a lot of time to hiring the right people because at the end of the day, these people are working with your clients and your business relies on your clients. So this hiring SOP should be very streamlined and testing people in all of the ways possible. Yeah, it's definitely a much more difficult role to hire when you have a customer facing role than a back office role. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's relatively easy to hire assistants who are working way in the background. But as you said, these people are talking to your, your clients. And I dare say a lot of the agencies are dealing with higher ticket, higher stakes clients in that front line. If you have a type of client that needs an interpersonal communication or a relationship, especially if there's Zooms or phone calls involved, then you probably have a high ticket client that could be worth six figures a year mm -hmm. for the average agency. And a bad interaction or a bad vibe could kill that client off. So you really have to get this right. And that's why I would recommend you don't do this without a safety net. Mm -hmm. In terms of SOPs, I imagine you supply some of those things when people become a member, yep. if that's what they want to do. Yep, for sure. Perfect. And I think it's super important to understand what your hiring timeline looks like, because like I said, it can take months and months and months. So a lot of people will come to us and need a client account manager tomorrow. And, you know, that's a process to get someone into your agency and get them learning and get them up to speed. So I think it's really important to be thinking ahead of if you're thinking you're going to need a client account manager in a few months, like start the process now because it's not like hiring a VA, it's hiring someone to manage your clients. You know, this has been a mantra of mine for so long. The best time to hire someone is well before you need them. A lot of people leave it too late. Even when I started online, I was slow to hire people and, and I had to play catch up. It cost me lots of money because I could have been doing higher level activities. And for a lot of agency owners, they're mostly visionary types who are really good at the thing they do. They can see the big picture and have the strategy. In, in some cases, they're so good at the technical stuff, they probably shouldn't be talking to customers. It like, mm -hmm. reminds me of workshop mechanics and service assistants back in the Mercedes-Benz dealership. Sometimes we'd find a customer would wander into the workshop and start talking to the mechanic who's working on their car. And that was like a recipe for disaster. 
because they would tell the customer, you know, uncustomer service things. They'll just say, oh, yeah, mate, I'm just replacing this. These things always break. <laughs> and you just think, oh, please yeah. don't say that to the, like, that's just opening up major problems. Mm-hmm. So if you're the type of agency owner who loves the technical stuff or the, you're really passionate about the thing you're doing and you don't want to deal with the customers, this is hopefully an inspiration, this episode, that it is possible. It's hard to do, but it is possible to get someone else talking to those customers and you can actually start scaling much faster that way. One of the ways that people scale is they get referrals from existing customers. Is this something a CAM can do? Can they generate referrals from clients? Do you train them on that? So how we look at it is we want to ask for testimonials from the client to make them think how awesome the agency is or, you know, really reiterate the fact that we're crushing it for them. So we have processes that we follow. We actually implement this in our own business, but there's things that you're doing ahead of asking for a testimonial that make it feel way less salesy and make it feel like, oh yeah, like I love working with you. I'll totally give you a testimonial, but the things that you've already done to lead up to that point are really important. So I think the most important thing is asking for feedback and being proactive in asking for feedback. So we call them happiness surveys because we want to know how their onboarding process went. How did you feel your client account manager communicated with you? How do you feel your project is going? Asking these questions and showing your clients that you actually care. And by asking for these happiness surveys every couple of weeks, and then you might send them a Starbucks gift card and you could put something cheeky like, sorry that I can't meet you for coffee in real life, have a Starbucks on me, something like that. Or you might send them a welcome gift, or you might be crushing it in the first month with their results. And then at that point, you can ask them for a testimonial inside of your happiness surveys. So when we onboard a new agency, firstly, we have happiness surveys for when they're working with the client account manager, but our sales marketing manager, Carly, will ask for feedback on the sales process. She'll ask, how did it go? Did you feel supported? Did you understand the process? Oh, and do you have anyone else you would like to refer to us? Kind of easing it in so that you don't feel awkward asking for testimonials or referrals, but you're leading them down this path to speak highly of you and talk about you and tell their friends about your business. So I think when you're thinking about asking for referrals or testimonials, you can do it. You just have to kind of lead them down that path. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I just serviced my vehicle yesterday and I got an SMS they wanted me to reply back, you know, that everything was 100% or not. And I suspect if I didn't reply back that it was 100%, they're going to get in touch with me to try and fix me before the manufacturer sends me their survey. <laughs> so they've got like this mm-hmm. firewall yeah. protection. Exactly. In the online business, we're using things like the net promoter score at the moment. And when someone gives you a 10, they're a perfect opportunity to ask for a referral. And I suppose what you've just described is more or less a really enhanced version of that where you're making sure they had a good experience before you're asking them to refer to someone else because it would be daft to just cold ask for referral and assume that they've had a good experience when in fact they may not have. And I'm especially thinking about this from the perspective of an agency owner. They would absolutely love to be able to have visibility on how the customer's feeling about their cam, whether they're doing a good job or not. They want to know pretty quickly if it's going off the rails before it costs them a customer. Yeah. And you want to know if your clients aren't happy. Like if they're going to leave, you want to know if they're super happy. You want to know why, what's making them happy. It's the only way to learn. And like you always say, James, ask your clients questions, learn quick, pivot quick, do things in a way that are you're learning. And the only way to learn is to ask. So that's kind of our motto. 
Yeah, nice. I was going to crack a cheeky joke about Starbucks. We'd only send the Starbucks voucher to people we don't like over here. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, you guys are coffee snobs over there. <laughs> yeah, we are total coffee snobs. And like Starbucks didn't have much success in Australia. Really? Yeah, it's the here. There's very few of them and they're mostly for tourists. You won't find many locals in there. Mm. So anyway, tell me about the Daily Pulse. Yes. So my motto in anything client service is proactive. Be proactive, ask your clients, update your clients, talk to your clients before they come looking. And in the agency world, most of us are remote and sometimes things can fall through the cracks and clients can go days without being communicated with. So I was thinking about how I can train my team to do these things that I just naturally do. It's communicate proactively with my clients. So the Daily Pulse is kind of our secret weapon to ensuring that our clients are in the loop of what's going on. And sometimes that means just a quick update of, hey, here's the next step, or hey, we don't have the creative yet, but here's why, and here's the next step. I'm still pushing your project forward. And I think that the more proactive you can be, the better relationship you're going to have with your clients, because we've all worked with someone where you don't hear from them for days or weeks. And these people are spending thousands of dollars with your agency a month. They want to feel like they're your only client. And the more that you can make them feel like that by taking two seconds to shoot them a quick email or a Loom video or jump on a 10-minute call with them, the longer they're going to stay. They're going to feel that relationship with you as the client account manager. And it just gives you that gut check that you are being proactive with them. So we actually put this right inside of our project management software. And of course, like as the relationship goes on, it may not be every day, but in the beginning stages, you should have this in your project management software to check off every day. Did I touch base with James? Did I touch base with Bob? Did I touch base with Betty? I did. I did. I did. Okay, great. I feel good about this. And of course, as client account managers, we're checking boxes every day. Check, check, check. So the more that you can give yourself these reminders to touch base with clients every day, the better. Yeah, I'm just thinking the average agency owner is not great at ticking boxes. <laughs> just generalizing here. It's so funny because just before this call, I just sent an email off. Four months and one day ago, I purchased a surfboard and I paid for it and purchased it and it says allow up to four months. So I put in my diary in four months, just check on the surfboard. And we're not talking about an unsubstantial amount. It's like $1,500. And from the moment I ordered, I've heard absolutely nothing. I've even got a sound effect for that. Hang on. (laughs) Yeah, nothing. Every now and then I check my inbox no response, nothing. I don't even know if they know that I've ordered this. I know I've paid the money and I got the receipt and I just emailed them today and I said, hey, I'd love an update if you get the chance. Mm. Very polite, you know, because things are in short supply and I understand they take long, but wouldn't it be nice to get an occasional thing? And it reminds me back when I was at Mercedes-Benz, a lot of the cars that we would order were to be built in the future. We call them forward orders. So if someone wanted a particular color or a model that's not freely available, we might have to order it. Let's say at the moment we're recording this in August and someone orders a car, it could quite possibly be built in October and then it might arrive in January or February. So that was not uncommon. And I would notice this trend. People would order their car and then they'd start following me up like, hey, how's my car going? And I think it's not even built yet because like, hey, it's like September and it's being built next month and then it won't arrive till next year. And then they'll call it Christmas. You know, what's happening with my car? I'm like, well... It's built and it's on a ship, but it's not even close to the country yet. So after that, I realized I need to provide updates. 
And I would now stage this and I would do a combination of handwritten letters, which was a thing back in the day. It's hard to believe, <laughs> but mm-hmm. back in the, the 90s and early 2000s, handwritten letters were really still rare. They're super rare now. And I highly recommend it to everyone listening to this. But I would also give them a phone call or send them an email and let them know, hey, this is where we're up to. Your car will be built next month or you know, your car's in production now. Your car has been built and it's heading to the dock. Your car's gone from the dock to the boat. Your car is floating across the Indian Ocean right now. You know, your car's just arrived in Australia and it's going through customs. You know, your car's on its way to the dealership. And I'd build up. And what I noticed, these people, when they came to get their car, apart from their stress levels being low because they had certainty the whole way, they really enjoyed the storyline of their car and they'd really built it up to be such an important experience. So the lesson here is as the seller, we shouldn't just take for granted that our customers fully comprehending what's happening, you know, unless we check on that. So I love your daily pulse. I used to call that a no news update Mm -hmm. when absolutely nothing has changed, but we're just getting in touch to say everything's still the same. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, Taylor, just letting you know, everything's in progress everything is as it should be and we're still waiting on such and such and when that happens, I'll be in touch. And you keep doing that up. It's great. And it's obviously why you're successful at this. So let's talk about little things you can do that have big impacts, like you know, small hinges that swing big doors. There's got to be a few little things that a cam can do to make a big difference to the customer experience, whether we're the cam as the agency owner or a small agency or whether we have some, what could we go away and tell our cam to do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So you actually already mentioned one of the things that I use and it's sending handwritten cards. And we still do this, you know, if people join our membership, if they're close enough, we'll send them like a little notebook with a sticker and a welcome card in it. And these little things go so far and clients will send us a picture and be like, wow, like got your note in the mail. It's so awesome. Cause we don't really get handwritten cards anymore. So those are some little things that are really awesome and people love them. Loom videos are something that we get a lot of our team members using a lot of because it gives that human element. You can see when the clients watched it. You can easily share. I send Loom videos to clients and team members all the time. And it just gives them, you know, that sense of, oh, she cares about me or he cares about me. And it's just a really easy thing that doesn't take much time at all. And the last thing is just being there for your clients. And I know that sounds so vague, but just being the advocate for your clients and it goes so far. You know, if you're in the email inbox and you're getting back to them quickly and you are doing whatever it takes to make them happy, as agency owners, sometimes we take everything so personally. And if someone comes back with feedback, we take it personally. Or, you know, just kind of being that person for your clients, but also for the agency and diluting that message to make sure that everyone feels like they're doing a good job and clients will see that. And you'll see it when you're a client account manager and you're working with clients who've been working with the agency for years and they would only go to the agency owner and only go to them. And then they start to come to you and they're calling you and they just want a meeting with you. And that just shows that you're giving them that experience that they need. And it's just being proactive. It's being friendly. It's being accountable. It's making them feel like they're the only client in the agency. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of what you're saying can equally apply to a membership business, of which a good chunk of our listeners have. 
that's the reason I started a membership because I was a member of other memberships and the founders were never there. They never checked in. They never touched base. They never personally interacted. And I've made it a thing to be involved with my clients. You probably noticed this. I do the rounds on a regular basis. Like I pretty much answer every single question every single day. And I feel like I'm the like chief cam in my own business for the customer facing side of things, aside from my amazing support team who are wonderful on the help desk. In terms of product fulfillment, I feel like that has been my secret source is to actually care about my customers. And one of my bosses told me once I care too much, Mm. I don't think it's a bad thing. In this case, you really want your cam to care a lot about the customer because the customer will pay the business and the business can pay the team, you know, and that's the sort of circle of life. You look after the customers and you have a great business. So just sort of wrapping up this episode, speaking directly to an agency owner of all the things you've been exposed to at Dot & Co with working with agencies, having done the role yourself at a high level, what do you think would be your key message that you would like someone to take away and to implement from this episode? I would say, depending on your goals, if you are looking to scale your business, you need to get out of the client management right away because it will allow you to not be so bogged down with the day-to-day and to focus on the bigger things. I think it's just like any business. It's super important, but also you need to be ready. You have to have the clientele, you have to have momentum, and you personally have to be ready to let go. And you have to understand that your client managers are not you. You have to train them to be as close as possible, but you have to give up some of that control. And secondly, it's that taking care of your clients should be number one. And whether that's finding really good media buyers to get them results, finding really good client account managers to keep that relationship, sending them gifts, sending them all these things that really make that experience better. You have to go the extra mile in the agency world these days. So just keep that top of mind. And if you don't have the time to do it, definitely find someone else to help you do that because it's going to keep your clients on for a lot longer. Now, if that's someone else's you, how do we get in touch? What have you got for our listeners? Yeah. So if you have a team already who are working with your clients, um, highly recommend that you get them some support and just some mentorship. So we have mentorship programs. We call it the CAM Collective. So you can head over to our website, camcollective.co. Or if you are looking to hire a client account manager for your agency, definitely get in touch. We are at dotandcompany.co. There you go. And I know that Taylor is looking after several of my clients and partners. And I've been working closely with Taylor and I really have enjoyed seeing what it looks like working with a real go-getter. You implement so well, Taylor. It's, it's absolutely inspiring. And um, it comes through in the work you do. So there you go. Hopefully. This episode 851 is going to be inspiring and would love feedback. If you've got questions for Taylor, let me know. We'll get in touch with her. Maybe we'll get her back if you've got some pressing questions about cams and how that all works. And just on a personal note, I really like the black and white theme that we've got running today. I think it's come out nicely. <laughs> so uh, I know. So on brand. Well, you've got a great eye for design. There's no doubt about that. So thanks so much for coming along and uh, I look forward to our next interactions. Thank you so much for having me. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com.